with views so never-ending and sunsets so divine, you'll barely even notice the rolling blackouts. Welcome to Rapture. Welcome home. environment, doctors learn these things called acronyms or uh, mnemonics. They're these words where each letter of the word stands for something else, and it's supposed to help people to remember really complicated lists in stressful situations. It's like a systematic way of dealing with crisis, I guess, crises. The whole point of the mnemonic is so that if you're in like a psychologically overwhelming environment, say a code, then you don't need to remember every little thing of what to do. You just need to remember this one word. And then theoretically, if you remember the word, then you can remember what each word that the letter means. Oh, this is a terrible explanation. start snowing. No first aid. Walmart is not going to help. Gas station. You don't want me to, but I'm gonna have a look. All right, just, just stay still. I don't, I don't see any headlocks. It's not a lot of this blood just wipes off. Sorry, sorry. 
shoulder looks bad, arm looks bad. That's not enough. At least it's a pulse. It's thready. Okay, dry? Mucous membranes are pretty dry. Well, I have no idea how long she was on the street, so... Okay, listen. You're not dead. But you're certainly not answering me. So... It would be really great if you woke up right now. Nope. Well, okay, I don't know if you can hear me, but we're parked in a big parking lot. It's like a strip mall's parking lot. Looks like there's a grocery store of sorts and a gas station, some clothes place. Anyway, there's a little bit of a walk to it, but there's a pharmacy. I didn't see any people. I mean, it's probably like two in the morning. It's hard to tell with this weather. There's a blizzard or a snowstorm or there's like rain and snow and ice at the same time sideways and it's like 2 in the morning so I'm not surprised I don't see any people but I can't help you in the car and I really don't want to carry you somewhere if I don't know it's at least sort of safe so you're gonna need to stay in the car I'm gonna take dog though because well if you die, I really don't want you to rip her apart, or, or eat her, or... <sighs> Why am I even talking to you right now? Look, I know you're probably not going to wake up. At least, you're not going to wake up in the next five minutes. You might not ever wake up again. I don't know, um, but it doesn't... <sighs> Look... I'm just going to leave you in the passenger side with your seatbelt on for now. I really would prefer if you didn't drive away, so I'm going to take the keys. <laughs> sounds ridiculous. I'm taking the keys, unconscious body. <laughs> Try and stay alive. I'll lock the doors. So at least, I guess if you wake up and you hear something or you see something, then just start honking the horn or, or screaming. I guess. Okay. Good talk. Good talk. Try not to die. I'll, um, I'll be back when I can. <sighs> All right.
So for example, you're looking at a chest x-ray or a CT and you see a bunch of spots in someone's lung. And you're like, well, what could those spots mean? There's a million and one different things it could be. There's a mnemonic called bad rash. And so each letter of bad rash means something that could affect the lower lobes of the lungs. And I remembered it being bad rash because if you had a bad rash down below, those are things you should remember. <laughs> anyway, things like bronchiectasis, aspiration, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, you get the idea. The problem with this logic, though, is that if you're really, like, truly overwhelmed, or if I'm truly overwhelmed, like, if I can't handle the situation that I'm in for whatever reason, my anxiety will kick in, and I just... The truth is I just blank out on all the important stuff that I'm supposed to know. Instead of remembering even the word bad rash, for I'm just going to keep using that example, I just start hyper-focusing on stupid stuff that isn't helpful. Like, what was that mnemonic that means the things with the lungs? Something about pants? You know, you get the idea. It's just really not helpful. For someone who's been in medicine, like in training, for as long as I have, it's kind of unheard of to forget this stuff and just panic. And I guess that's where disorders come in. And I was seeing somebody for that. But it got kind of bad. It doesn't matter how bad things got. I should have been able to remember simple things. I was trying to remember the mnemonic for first aid. I know. Like, everyone knows that. It's not hard. But I got so heavily invested with trying to remember the word. I was trying to remember the word mnemonic. And I was like, hmm, what's that word, you know, that thing when every letter in a word means a word so you can remember a thing. And I got so caught up in that thought that I just kept forgetting the whole mission. It really didn't matter that mnemonic was the word that I was trying to think of. That was not going to help Alina. But for whatever reason, I got caught up in that. And I know that when I get super overwhelmed, I just need to walk it off. Again, not helpful in a really stressful situation when everyone's looking at you and they're like, Sarah, what do we do? You can't be like, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go for a quick walk. That's not how it works. Not in medicine. Look, I acknowledge that I have some weaknesses, and there's probably more than one reason why I wasn't working for a while. And I know that it's a huge interference for, like, moving forward in a career, but careers aren't really a thing. It's more just survival now. Really, the last thing on my list of priorities is whether or not I stay certified to a medical regulatory body. I am ranting. I said I wouldn't do that. Anyway, I pulled over this stolen car on the side of the road with a girl I don't know just outside of nowhere and I'm trying my best to assess like what the fuck is happening to this girl that I just picked up the only light I had was those stupid dim little squares that are on the top of the inside of the car 
you like click these little warm squares and they literally never help you when you're looking for something specific because your stupid head is always right in the way of the light and you're just like, why can't I move out of the way of my shadow? Ugh. So what I could see was that Elena, I mean, she had a pulse. It's not really seeing so much as feeling, but I felt her pulse. But she looked really dehydrated. Which I... I mean, that can happen. It's hard to stay hydrated in the epoch, I get it. Don't really think about those eight glasses of water a day or, you know. But I could see that there was innumerable reasons why Alina wasn't waking up. The limbs on half of her body were injured and bleeding, and I had no idea how serious those injuries were. Maybe her arm was broken, but it seemed less likely given that I remembered that she was moving her arms and her legs pretty okay when she got in and, like, when she was waving at the car to get for me to let her in. So, probably not broken. There was a big bruise on the side of her head that didn't look great, but I couldn't find any obvious bleeding. I kind of vaguely remembered that if a young person has a head injury, one of those things you want to think about is something called a subdural bleed, which is bleeding in the head that gives you this lucid interval after you're injured. So like you act relatively normal for a little while after you get hurt, but then there's this progressive bleeding in your head and that bleeding eventually causes you to lose consciousness down the road after the injury. take the leash off, but I'm keeping the collar on. I need to be able to hear you, okay? Just... Try and stay near me. Or... Or not. What does it say? Pharmacy. Fogged up. There. At least I can... Alright, nothing going on in there. Maybe there's, I don't know, another door or a window or... Let's just check around the back, okay, Doc? It's like a storage area. no light on, so who knows, but... Oh my god. This one's unlocked. Come here, Doc. Come on. I'm gonna come in right after you. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Here goes nothing. 
if there was a, a bleed in her brain, in the skull area, and the blood couldn't get out, then you'd see a bruise. So, okay, maybe there was a subdural bleed. So she was just unconscious right now. And being unconscious is infinitely better than being dead in this situation. But it did mean that if she did have an intracranial bleed, then the bleeding was probably still accumulating and causing more pressure, and that wasn't helping anything. So then that kind of led me to think, well, I'm going to have to relieve the pressure. But I didn't really have anything to do that with. If you're in a quaternary or a tertiary care center and someone comes in and you have a CAT scan and you see all this blood, you're like, oh wow, look at all that blood, we got to get that out. Then you call your neurosurgeon friends and they look at it and they go, hmm, yeah, that looks like something we should do something about or not or, you know, someone who knows what's happening. It's not a cardiology thing. But I didn't have a neurosurgeon. And I didn't have a CAT scanner. <laughs> I had a Honda Civic on the side of the road outside a strip mall. You know, a really long time ago, I went to a developing country on a humanitarian mission. And it was my first humanitarian mission. I was so excited, but I was also like super scared. And I asked this friend of mine who's a surgeon, well, what if someone comes in and they have a bleed? They teach you in med school, in the absolute worst case scenario, there is one way that you can relieve the pressure in someone's skull. And that's if you drill a hole in it. It's called a burr hole. And part of me was a little bit excited about that, but I also know that it's a lot more technical than I think it is. Like, no one's hauling out a Phillips screwdriver and just drilling a hole in someone's head and hoping for the best. You use imaging and sterile conditions and stuff. And so I asked my friend, the neurosurgeon, I was like, if I'm in this humanitarian mission and someone comes in and they need a burr hole, what do I do? And the neurosurgeon said, step one of doing a burr hole is we don't let you do the burr hole. <laughs> Real helpful. 